Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18, that's Kane Gang. Kane Gang, 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 Kane from the hood, the 305, the Kang Gang. It's your boy DC with the J Man, the Bird, and B Rad. Here we are, Kang Gang. What's good, everybody? What's good? Kang Gang. Good. Kang Gang. Kang Gang. <laughs> What's good, guys? Bro, I'm telling you, man. Like, like just hearing the word Kang Gang gets me kind of jacked up, man. Like, not just the gang part, but like the cane part of it. Like, Kang Gang. Kang Gang. Yeah, yeah. And and now and now that we got coaches that can freestyle, man, I was almost close. Bro. I heard another beat after that Kang Gang. I was about to freestyle on this, man. Let me tell you, if we can get, if we can get, you know, <laughs> Coach T Wheel on here and drop some some freestyle <laughs> with some Kang Gang in it. <laughs> um, and again, so let's let, let's get him and in I'm laughing beat. because, like. Oh my goodness, bro! I don't listen. That would be a that would be a dope battle right there. Yeah, like battle. You, you know why? You know why? Co is laughing it's because he's thinking about his glory days back in high school. He probably had his own mixtape with his with his his speaker box bro. on his shoulder, the gold grill. The, so the funny thing is, Brad's talking about my speaker box. It was the same speaker box that he used as his avatar. <laughs> <laughs> So. You know, you know what we do have to do though. We gotta, we gotta look to, to Maria and see if she can dig us up some old pictures of Cohen High School because we always hear about him and you know how he, he always bro. describes himself and what he oh, was bro. into. Listen, but I, I will, I will, I will listen. So I will drop some photos for you guys. Literally, I will <laughs> get them. And I literally had a mullet. I had the boom oh box. Gosh. I had the Jays on. I had posed with Jordan. Like my whole room was covered with Jordan like posters. I think we all had an embarrassing haircut as, as, as a kid, though, at some point. You know what? And, I, and I'll, I'll own it here. I used to have the rat tail off the back of the head, man. You ever oh, have tail. I had a tail. For a kid, yeah, for a little bit, man. Look, Brad. Look, Listen, Brad's not, guys, guys not as guys old as I didn't even know about that. Yeah. No, 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 What's a tail? In, in, my, in, my day, in my day, it was the bowl cut, man. You guys had the loops. <laughs> I had the bowl cut, you know. Bro. So, listen, I had I had the tail. I had the rat tail. And then going through high school um, – <laughs> Again, I went to a school here in Broward County, uh, Boyd Anderson High School. And uh, so when I was going through high school, my, you know, 89 and 92, you know, kid and play was kind of, you know, the thing, you know, with OP, you know, with a naughty by nature. I literally had an eight inch fade, bro. Like I used to use this stuff called butch wax. <laughs> so Bird, you probably remember this. It's called butch wax. Like at the bar- old barber shops, man, like your hair, like it was like glue, bro. So I literally let my hair grow and grow and grow too. And again, I had a skin fade and I would, every morning, man, I would spend like 45 minutes making sure that my hair was glued straight up like, like kid from kid and play. <laughs> that's, what, that's what people used to put to make, to make a mohawk. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Hey man, hey man, what about you? What kind of, what kind of hair, hairstyles did you have when you were a kid? Honestly, man, like I, I've, I've never really had wild hairstyles. I mean, you guys, when we, when we met, it was longer, right? Like I, I'm a big fan of growing my hair out, you know? So that, that yeah. sunshine look. So 
I did that a few times, but other than that, pretty straightforward, man. Well, you know, bird can't grow hair anyway, so <laughs> bird go- bird needs that miracle grow. <laughs> put it for the chrome dome. Look, I used to, I used to have the tight fade, you know, back in uh, back in my teens. And now you just have a tight. Like, yeah, it's but, very tight. And then one time, I was about I was about twenty years old, right? And I said, I said, ah, I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna take it down real low. And I did, and it never came back, bro. And I've been bald ever since, man. You know, you know what's so funny is you – Right to the bick, bro. He, he said he's just thinking down low. He went lower than the floor Low. Bro, that's what low, I was – I literally low, just thought about low, that. Low. He heard he heard Flo Rider's song. He's like, well, I'm just going to do my hair like that. <laughs> I'm going to take it low, 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 low. I think, uh, I think I'm going to I'm gonna be rocking that that very, very tight, dirty bird look in, uh, in about five years. <laughs> So my, I don't know. I don't know, Jay Man. I could see you like rocking that Lou Headley like flow look, man. Ah, dude, I I have less hair every day. Every day that I wake up, I have a little bit less hair. So it's it's a ticking time bomb until there's none. I always told myself. Here's a funny thing. I've always told myself, like you know how people get bald patches, like or they just they keep the sides like they have a little bit of hair on the sides and the whole top is bald yeah, like bro literally and i'm not trying to do like i'm not trying to disrespect anybody but just shave that stuff off like if it gets to that point just shave it off i mean obviously it looks good when you have a hat on because you don't see like the whole bald spot per se you know you yeah. see a little bit of hair but at, at some point man just just shave it off yep that's, it off. that's the plan so i'm uh i'm just waiting for that day that i decide that's where i'm at and then uh then i'm pulling out the razor there you go. Yeah, so, you're gonna you're gonna look like Herman from Guess Who. Oh wow! <laughs> shots fired. That was shots fired. I don't even know who that is. I haven't seen it. So just keep watching Scrubs and you'll be okay. It's <laughs> a good show, man. I saw you on. I saw you on. You're on a, uh, the second take of it. Is that is that what is that true? Like you're doing a second take of it? Uh, so I've seen Scrubs three times all the way through, and I'm watching it again for the fourth time. Bro, you literally have to get outside and do something. Go ski and do something. <laughs> I do it with The Office, though, man. It's probably that show that's always on in the background, man. That you know, I just, I just always crack up, man. Go, yeah. go kick it with Banda, man. Show him around Utah. It's cold. Well, up. actually, he'll show you. He'll show you right now because he's on the slopes. Like Banda and, and Zuck and all those guys, man. They're just hitting the slopes left and right right now. Dude, Might as well take advantage of that. So they're in Logan. I don't go to Logan unless I have to, man. Like it is. It's between that and Salt Lake City is an hour and forty five minutes of nothing but cow pasture, so I'm good. Sounds like Gainesville. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it, don't even get me started about that place up there, bro. <laughs> I don't think there's a worse place on earth than Gainesville. <laughs> ah, show about to take it. This show is about to take a serious turn talking about Gainesville, man. <laughs> so, so, well, speaking of Gainesville, let's talk about this, right? So here it is, T-Rob, having an opportunity to go to Florida. And then, hmm. again, whatever happened, I, listen, I understand why you wouldn't go to, you know, that little dump down there kind of off of 75. Um, you know, why wouldn't you want to come to the 305? So what do we think about some of these hires? I mean, obviously, look, got Bob Shoup as an analysis from, from Michigan. You ended up getting T. Will from Auburn. Now you got, you know, you got T. Rob. Like your staff is finally starting to become, I don't necessarily want to call it elite right now, but you are so much better than you have been in probably 15 years. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the staff for sure, man. I mean, the the big word that comes out is something that we've been lacking for a long time, and that's accountability. And I think every coach that we hired, I mean, going from Jess Simpson to – 
to the T-Rob, to the T-Will, to the Bob Shoop, all these guys bring accountability. These are all guys that are proven. They see, I mean, firsthand what an Alabama program looks like. Most of these guys have played Alabama every single year. And, I mean, for us to open with them, I mean, first game of the season next year, you bring in a guy like Bob Shoup that's going to be able to oversee what, what Manny Diaz is calling. And you, you in a sense, you, you kind of have an ass Madden button, right? But it's, it's Bob Shoup who has been in the game for 25-plus years, who has brought total defenses to programs like Mississippi State, Penn State, uh, Tennessee. I mean, the, the guy has, has not only proven not one program, but he's proven at multiple, multiple programs, something similar to a guy like Rhett Lashley. And you talk about T-Rob, man, that's another guy that's proven. I mean, me, me being in Gainesville, he's landed guys like a, a, a Tease Tabor, Quincy Wilson, Vernon Hargraves, and been able to produce these guys and bring them to the next level. I mean, that's something we've been lacking. And T-Will, that's a player right there, man. That's a, that's a guy that you, you talk to him in a room, and you, the first thing you hear out of his mouth, man, is that he wants to believe in you, and he wants you to believe in yourself. And I think at the end of the day, we got to get this mentality right as Miami Hurricane players to where we can do the job. I think a lot, I think a lot of the problems at, at one point was we just didn't believe in people. And that's a very good point. And you can just see right off rip with T-Rob, with Simpson, uh, with T-Will, just the continuity and how they are going hard at recruiting too, right? And they're going hard at reaching families to where I feel like we have been lacking in that area um, over the last couple of years. And you can even look at some of the other recruits who signed elsewhere this past, you know, early signing day. Could you imagine if we would have had like maybe T-Rob or T-Will or Simpson like off rip before NSD or early signing day? Could you imagine the type of class we could have had then? Crazy, man. You know, we were we were talking earlier today about, hey, you know, maybe we got to pick our favorite hire. But, you know, look, I think they're all great hires, right? You know, but yeah. if, if, if you force me to pick one, you know, I think the, the T. Will hire has just really got me hyped because of the fact that he's so relatable to players. Uh, you know, he's just he's just an energy and a passion guy. And, you know, we saw what having an energy and a passion guy did on the offense last year, having Rhett Lashley, who was – you know, I mean, he's, he's a fireball on the sidelines over, you know, during the games. You know, we saw what it did for the offense. So seeing the hires that we brought into this defense and the how well-respected they are around the game, um, I'm super excited. You know, the, the shoe hire itself, too, you know, I think he's going to do the majority of the defensive game planning. Uh, I think he didn't take an off-field role, so he still collects that paycheck from, uh, from Michigan. But, uh, you know, I think he's going to do a lot of the game planning, and then Manny will end up calling the play. You know, and that's a great point. I know, Brad, you and I had talked about this the other night. You know, not only do you bring somebody like, like Shoop in here, but you still have the GOAT, you know, kind of roaming the sidelines and Ed Reed as chief of staff. And so now you're putting better minds around the program. You have, you, now you have another set of eyes that can oversee and kind of pinpoint on what we're lacking at. And I'm excited to see, again – I don't know what the season's going to unfold as. Again, people can chalk up Alabama as a loss. To me, I feel like we can compete. I feel like with the, the acquisitions that we've gotten, maybe through the portal, people that have decided to come back and run it back, if King is healthy with the acquisitions of like Charleston Rambo um, and Tyreek Stevenson and some of these guys that can potentially be pure leaders and true leaders on our team, if we can keep that game between seven and 14 points, like to me, I chalked up, chalked that up as a win. 
but we have to progress through the season and don't just look at that like, oh, woe was me. We could have won the game. But now you start looking at, you know, the following, you know, weeks and then you have a nice home stretch where you can literally, you know, run four games off at, the, you know, off a rip. And then you have, you know, something to build off of. J-Man, I know we see the, the schedule came out. What's your take as far as getting past Alabama? What do you see us moving, moving forward from there? Um, you know, I, I agree with you. The, the four-game stretch right at the beginning, uh, it's Appalachian State, uh, Michigan State, what is it, Central Connecticut, and then what's the last one that I'm forgetting? Um, you know, those, those should all be four wins right there. Uh, right. At least if we have the goods, you know. You, you hate to count a, a Big Ten out-of-conference game as, as a win, but um, I, I think we should. And then uh, you hope it builds momentum. You know, one of the things that we struggled with in years past is that we let right. one, one loss cascade into four straight losses. Uh, we saw it in the Randy Shannon era, the Al Golden era, and the uh, Mark Richt era. So, and, and the Mark Richt era, correct. Yeah, I, I mean, Mark Richt went 4-0, 0-4, and then 4-0 again in his first season. Then he went 10-0 and 0-3 to, to cap off that 2017 season. So that is an Jeez. issue that we've really had as a program. We need to try to avoid that because I don't want to burst anyone's bubble but the line's going to be set at like 24 and a half points for Alabama. So like those guys in Vegas know what they're talking about. Right. It, hopefully that yeah. we, hopefully we can cover that spread or that we can beat the spread. But I'm like, telling you though, J man, if it's 24, I'm definitely taking Miami plus 24. Like, I feel like I, I think, it, I think we can hang um, again. It's so. a matter of, do we get, do we get punched in the, mouth and then we do we go for like the standing eight count right off the rip or do we get up and keep fighting you know what i mean so is it, is it oklahoma state or is it north carolina i think i think also at the same time and all um we got to figure out who the starting quarterback can be against alabama too right i think uh, if number one's back there first game of the season we feel a little bit more comfortable um so having a true freshman as your first game going against alabama and the bright lights is going to be pretty tough I don't care what. You know, you look at how the schedule sets up, and we, we talked about this a little bit last week, though. You know, you, you do lose that game to Alabama, and as long as you don't just get absolutely annihilated, like, you know, North Carolina-style beatdown, you're going to be okay with that loss, right? Because, you know, the back half of the last six games go home road, home road, home road, right? Um, yeah. You know, there's some respectable opponents in there, but, you know, it's not like you look at our schedule and you're like, oh, man, this is, this is treacherous. You know, there was a – um, you know, there was a something I think maybe it was 24-7 sports put out a couple of days ago, you know, saying the, the underdog uh, picks for college football playoff. And there were six, six teams on there. And we were the first one they mentioned. And I'm like, man, that's crazy to start thinking that. But when you think about it, even if you lose that game to Alabama, you know, you can, you can still salvage a, a playoff appearance provided you win the ACC championship. So that's where I think is going to be the, the key, right? I don't look at take Alabama off the schedule. And I think we would all agree that North Carolina is probably the next hardest team that we have to play. Right. So, but I look at Carolina and again, you don't have Carter, you don't have Williams, you don't have uh, Brown, you don't have Newsom. So they have Sam Howell, but who do they have for weapons? Right. Obviously the guys that beat us last year aren't there. And I would hope that 
we have enough wherewithal to be like, you know what, <laughs> we're not going to let this happen three years in a row, but you never know. And I think this is where the acquisitions of the Jess Simpsons, the T-Robs, the T-Wheels, the Shoops, you know, again, with the maturity with the coaches and, and the, the strength of the coaches hopefully gets these kids, you know, over that hump instead of sitting there and being like, oh, man, now oh, we're going to lose again. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a mentality thing, right? It's a mind thing. So I think that's what we have to focus on. J-Man, go ahead. Agreed. Uh, you know, like the, the UNC game and the Clemson game last year were over in one drive. It took one possession before we knew the outcome of the game, at least me. I mean, I'm fairly cynical. I watched that first UNC drive, and then I watched us go down the field, and I was like, this game, this game is pretty much over. <laughs> you know, like I, I should have been on Bovada in-game, uh, you know, in-game betting. Because <laughs> – like you could just feel it. It was all over the body language and stuff. And, and so it really comes down to coaching. In my opinion, that is coaching. So, yes, you know, we, we got to get to break here pretty quick. But the last point that I want to make is Manny has assembled a great staff. As we all agreed, you know, each of those hires were home runs considering what we could have assembled for a coaching staff. So there's no more excuses this year. If we come out flat against Alabama, the seat is hot, in my opinion. We cannot have another situation where we know the game is over after five minutes. Just my opinion. But anyways, that wraps up uh, the first segment. We're excited. We have a good show for you guys this week. So we will catch you back in just a few moments. We're here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. See you in just a sec. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTechStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at AmericaLet'sDoLunch.org, brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
And we're back here on Kang Gang Radio Show, Sirius XM Channel 145. You know, you hear that little that little drum line right there, that little beat, man, and, you know, you get ready to, let's go. Let's go. It's that, I, I, I. I mean, Jordan, I know it's not like the nine-inch nail through my eyelid or something that you were talking about a couple <laughs> weeks ago, but uh, <laughs> it's definitely something that we get kind of like, like crunked of, up with. There are plenty of segments to get to my music as well. <laughs> okay, so go, go back just before we go any further. What was the name of the group? That you told us about? Ice Nine Kills. <laughs> Ice Nine Kills. Yeah. It's almost like the insane clown posse. Is it is like something like that? Is it close? I mean, no, it's it's not close. Like like so it's it's a genre called metalcore. And essentially it combines hardcore punk with heavy metal. And so it's uh, yeah. And you could and you could find it on your nearest hot topic uh aisle. Absolutely. <laughs> That's where I get my shirts, dude. Hot topic. So I'm actually, I'm is actually it like, wearing a shirt from Hot Topic right now. So is that like the kind of the music that you find out like Spencer's and you know yeah, stuff like that? For sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna pass. See, and Jay, man, you know, just just knowing like the visual, like how you kind of go about yourself, and uh-huh. you know the beard, and like I, I would like pictures you as like a lumberjack, you know, country dude. You know what I mean? I'd, but uh, not the case. No, I mean I, I dress like a lumberjack, but I'm I'm all about that. Uh, I I like aggressive music, you know. I like it loud. I like the tempo pretty fast, and and I like it to thump, dude. So well, that to me that just sounds like hip hop. <laughs> well, hey man, I, I got to send you some uh, some of the metal tracks that I listen to because you're right though. Like like they share a lot of uh, similarities in their characteristics, right? It's just different genres. J-Man's that guy that you pull up next to in the car and you like look over and he's just getting and you're like, whoa, dude. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned the word thump, Jordan, because uh, with this Manny Diaz uh, new and improved defensive staff, man, that's one of the first words that come to mind is thump, yeah. and that's exactly what this defense is going to do, man. I'm excited with this yeah. aggressive Manny Diaz style defense. I mean, he pretty much said in the presser on Wednesday, man, like this is his, this is his D. He's taking over. He's going to, I mean, win or lose, it's going to be on Manny Diaz. I, I like what I hear from him, and now yeah. it's a, it's time to produce on the field. Well, that that leads me to my first question for you guys. How much improvement are each of you expecting? Um, I can't remember the number that our total defense ranked last year. Um, do you, any of you have that number? Like, do you know what defense we have? I want to say we finished around 51 that, That's what I thought it was. Okay, so let's call it 51st. Like, so let's use that as a reference point. Where are you ballparked? Like, how many spots do you think we're improving this year? Ooh, at least 15 it, to 20. Yeah. I think you have maturity. I think you have, again, this is just me, you know, IMO. um, Again, you bring in somebody like Tyreek Stevenson, who is day one starter on one side, whether it's the left or the right. Um, Again, now it's going to kind of be a debate. Is it TC? Is Is it Blades? Is it Ivy? Um, do you see somebody like, you know, Marcus Clark or, you know, yeah. somebody else trying to get some burn on the other side? Because I think Tyreek solidifies one side. Yeah. TC has shown me enough on, on, you know, what he did last season to garner, you know, the potential to play opposite of Tyreek. And then I think your secondary is going to be, you know, even stronger, not just with Bubba. Um, again, you got Amari Carter who decided he's going to come back. But I think Carter is more, you know, suitable to maybe move down and play linebacker. Um, the lack of depth that we have at linebacker, why not move him down there and, you know, see what happens there? You know, to me, the defensive line is where it's really at, right? Because I think it's 
it's somewhat plug and play, whoever we, uh, whoever we put down there, right? Having Jeff Simpson back, he recruited a lot of these guys. Uh, excellent teacher of the game. And I think it's really going to, you know, prove dividends for us, right? You know, we did lose Quincy. We lost Jalen. But the year before, you know, we lost, uh, we lost Rousseau, right? And Jafari Harvey is a, is a monster. Um, you know, the, the kid from, from Tennessee, I haven't seen too much on him, right? So I'm not, you know, terribly familiar with the kid. But I think he's uh, another one who's got a lot of potential. Uh, Cam Williams has shown us a lot of things. So, you know, I think that defensive line gets after it and puts pressure on him. Uh, you know that 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 secondary is going to eat. Yeah, man. I mean, you, uh, Co, you, you, you and Bird both. I mean, talk about the players. But in my opinion, I mean, based off these coaching hires we made, it's all about Manny Diaz, right? I mean, digging a little bit deep into this thing, I, I kind of look back at some of the great coaches, right? Guys like the Nick Sabins, the Dabo Sweeney's, and when you really look deep into their coaching careers, it all starts from the beginning, right? Because as we all look at Manny Diaz. This is only his third year go around as far as a head coach, right? And you look at Nick Saban, first of all, back at 95 through 99 at Michigan State. He started off at at six and five, six and six, seven and five. And then year four, he went nine and two, right? So that was his money year, year four. Then you go to a guy like Dabo Sweeney um, from 2009 to 2012 when he was his first time being a head coach. He was nine and five, six and seven, 10 and four, and then 11 and two. Again, year four. So when you look at some of the great guys, it, it takes really four years. And, and you look at a guy like Manny Diaz, this is his third year. He's starting to hire the right guys around him. You got very mature guys and guys like Bob Shupu, who has been around multiple programs. I mean, you talk about the total defensive numbers. This is a guy in Bob Shoup that has turned around total defensive numbers at multiple programs. Teams like Mississippi State, who is second in the nation, right behind Clemson in 2018 when they won the championship. You got a team in Penn State and then also in Tennessee, where, I mean, it looks like the only time Tennessee is doing very well is when you're going through a McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> or Tennessee. <laughs> like, we'll figure out what's going to happen there. I, I think the coaching, the accountability for the coaches, I think is going to be the key thing because I feel like this is the year that, again, this is Manny's third recruiting class, right? So this is where we've talked about before, right, Brad? you got to give your coach at least four full recruiting cycles. Because if you don't, like really right now he's working on his junior class. Um, now, granted, he was here, you know, through the Mark Rick era as far as defensive coordinator. But now this is literally his third recruiting class as the head coach. I want to see what he does with now these juniors because these are pretty much all his kids. The class that he got this year in 2021, top 10 class, stud, you know, stud players. And again, had we had some of these coaching hires a little earlier, we might have had a couple other stud players as well. But moving forward, looking even now at that 22 class, I think if Manny does the right thing this year and he holds down, you know, the way that Miami should probably come through this season very well, our class next season is even going to be dope. J-Man, are you following any of the recruiting right now as far as like Kamari Wilson or some of these other kids out of uh, potentially looking at the University of Miami? You know, I just watched uh, some some tape on Kamari Wilson for the first time. It's actually a little early. You know, I typically don't get heavily into recruiting until uh, about summer. Uh, You know, once the season starts to get closer. So I'm I'm still recovering from uh, this last cycle. But, you know, there are a few recruits that I, that I know a little bit about that I'm very excited about. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, and, and Wilson's one of them. I mean, obviously, we talked to Earl Little Jr. last, last week. 
another recruit. To be I would ready. love to see that name like signed, but I oh, just yeah. don't see that happening. <laughs> I mean, I, you guys, you guys talk about recruiting, and it's funny because I mean, hearing the presser on Wednesday, guys like T. Rob and T. Will, one of their main focus in Manny Diaz bringing him in was recruiting. Right, yeah. the linebacker and secondary position are both two position groups that we have lacked tremendously as far as recruiting, especially in our our own back uh, our own backyard. Right, and within the first 12 hours that both of these guys were hired, they were already reaching out to some of the top targets in South Florida. I mean, you talk about a linebacker in Wesley Basante, who is easily the top linebacker in South Florida, and he's got to be one of the number one targets on our guy. What does T-Will do? I mean, within the first 10 hours of him being uh, hired as a coach, he's already on the phone with Wesley Basante. you got to go T-Rob, who's already on FaceTime with Kamari Wilson as soon as he gets hired. I love the grit and the passion that these guys have being on the recruiting trail. I mean, I, I kind of, I mean, the T-Rob, T-Will, it's very cool because they kind of sound alike. It's almost like a, a rap group, but I kind of, I kind of make it similar to the bad boys, right? Like the, the Will Smith and Martin Lawrence duo. I, I really like what I'm going to see in the future with T-Rob and T-Will. Yeah. I, and hopefully they can bring that. I mean, you brought up good points, Brad, about the, the secondary and linebacking core just really lacking the depth that a typical Miami team has. Um, and, and so hopefully those guys can turn those position groups around. You know, those position groups are part of the reason why I'm not sure. I, I haven't quite formulated an opinion on what I expect out of the defense this next season because of that. You know, we, we have the same scheme. I know we have a different play caller, but we have the same scheme and we have the same personnel running that. Um, so it, it's hard for me to say that I expect a tremendous amount of improvement. I do think there will be improvement because, you know, I, I think it's pretty fair to say that, that Manny Diaz has a much better track record than, than Blake Baker. And, and, you know, we have been making the right hires. So I think it's fair to expect improvement, but, but losing the kind of talent that we did, I mean, we lost two first round players on both ends. Um, I don't think it's fair to, to put that kind of uh, expectation on Jafari Harvey and, uh, and the, the guy we got from Tennessee, isn't it DeAndre Johnson? Is that his name? Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. And it's not fair to, to kind of put that level of expectation on them. So. Yeah, no, exactly, man. And you know, the one thing that I, that I see with this defensive staff is that it's the same thing that's happening that happened the last year with the offensive staff is happening with the defensive staff. And Manny has been making all the right moves for two off seasons. I mean, you know, I, I think I used the, the gif on Twitter of Michael Scott saying, no question about it, I'm ready to get hurt again. You know, eventually all these moves have got to come together and, you know, really flush out what I think is probably in his mind that he wants to build. You know, you talk about, you know, following the saving blueprint or following the Dabo blueprint. They do take time, right? It's not just to snap your fingers and, and more amazing. You know, our, our, our whole fan base is, has championship expectations every year. But, you know, as long as we're getting better and we're getting noticeably better, I'm happy. I want to see us just finally compete in big games, right? <laughs> it's one thing to win games again, and I don't want to like throw any teams under the bus, but like the Dukes and, you know, the coming up this season, like I don't even know why we're, we're scheduled central Connecticut. Like, honestly, like we should be able to have a resume where, we're not playing somebody like that. I'm okay with the App State game. I'm okay. Obviously, Michigan State, they were down last year. And then you have your conference games. 
But in the big games, whether it be the Carolinas, the Michigan States, Alabama, just be competitive. Show me that you want to be there. I think that's what I'm looking for. And I think we'll see how we respond going into the spring. Now, I think one of the biggest questions like Brad brought up a little bit ago was, you know, who's our starting quarterback? Like right now, you would have thought that it would have been Nikozi Perry, um, you know, through the spring. But we all know that he's not going to be there. So now you have – TVD, Jake Garcia, Chicota, Ryan Rizik. I mean, it's, you know, who's going to get the burn, you know? And I think that's going to be the, the key, key thing going forward. Let me throw this out there, right? So with the Perry situation, he's announced he's going in the portal. But what, have you, what do you do if you're Kosi? You're still enrolled at the school. You're still here. And, you know, let's say King's updates on his surgery aren't going as well. And all of a sudden you're Kosi. You know, if I stay – I'm starting against Alabama, right? I mean, does that does that change Cozy's mind? Does he pull out of the portal and want to come and want to stay? See, what in my opinion, though, I think Cozy actually did us a favor because if you really think about it, um, he was kind of one foot out the door because he was still thinking about things. And if he would have stayed just for the spring, like people were kind of speculating, that gives you a lot less reps on potentially your starting quarterback going into week one. I mean, the, the, the competition battle that you're now going to be able to see and create between the Jake Garcia and TVD battle until King gets healthy is something that we all have wanted for a long time because it's two very good likely candidates for the quarterback role. And we actually have a quarterback coach who could develop and produce. And I think at the end of the day, if Nikosi Perry would have stayed, it would have just took reps away from those guys. And to, to piggyback off of that, I feel like this goes back to the Ryan Williams slash Brad Kaya situation. I, I honestly believe that, you know, Ryan Williams had got hurt and then I believe he was healthy coming back to start that, that following season um, again against Louisville. And you could just see how, you know, Kaya really, he, he shined a little bit, but you could tell that again, as a true freshman, it just, it wasn't the spotlight that he needed to be thrown into. Um, I think that you really should have played Ryan Williams, kind of let Ryan Williams, you know, run the table, have Kaya sit a year, and then, and then move forward. So it's going to be interesting. Again, if King is healthy or if he's at 90%, well, let me, let me throw this. If he's at 85%, do you start him or do you start one of the freshmen or Machoda? Such a tough question. That is – that is. I got Go Go ahead, Jordan. Well, I'm just saying that is tough because so much of what De'Ara King does involves his legs. Um, I mean, that's really the difference maker. If you go just, you know, just from his waist up, how much better is he than, than Brad Kaya or uh, Stephen Morris? You know, but, but so much of, of what, so much of what De'Ara King does relies on, on his playmaking ability. So that is a good question. And I, I really think it depends on, um, where Tyler Van Dyke is in his development. I mean, he's a guy to me that has all the tools. He's very athletic. He's sneaky athletic. And he looks like a grown man. Like I, you know, when I see pictures of him, he looks like he's on the coaching staff. He doesn't look like a a 19 year old. So yeah, he's a monster. (laughs) Yeah. And I I will, and I will say this to put a spin on things. I I do really think we brought in De'Ara King for one of the main purposes was because of his leadership and just the mentality he brings to the locker room. I think we really needed it at the time last year to create an identity. And if you really look back at it, De'Ara King pretty much said that, hey, I'm going to come in here, I'm going to be the leader, and I'm also going to lead by example, and I'm going to be the first guy to pretty much say, hey, 
I'm going to bring this team back and we're going to rerun it and run it back, so to speak, you know, a.k.a. Derek Co hashtag. So I think it's going to be really good looking uh, forward to it. But we'll, we'll dig a little deep more down into it to the next segment. All right. Yeah, we're uh, we're just wrapping up the next segment here. We got to send it to break. We got to pay some of those bills. Uh, so you guys are listening to Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel One Four Five Slam Radio. We'll catch you in about two and a half minutes. Hey, look what I found! A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM One Four Five Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. <laughs> the dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today, here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two on Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Back with you on the fabulous Friday, getting ready for the weekend. It's been a it's been an eventful week. Obviously, Kane's football, a lot of hires, national signing day on Wednesday. Didn't really get anybody because of the early signing day. Um, but it's good to uh, finally see this class coming together. Finally, good to see the coaches coming together. And uh, we've been talking a lot about the defensive side of the ball, especially with defensive coaches, um, some of the players. Now let's uh, let me switch gears a little bit. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball. Um, obviously our wide receiver room is going to be stacked. There's just an abundance amount of wide receivers in this, you know, that we have in this room here. And, uh, but I think we're all in agreement. Like 
I think we're all looking forward to see how this offensive line is going to hold up. Now, again, this is a upper class, like an upperclassman, you know, laden, you know, offensive line, which we've hadn't had in years. You got studs like Zion Nelson, who potentially could be a first round pick moving forward into next, uh, next season. Um, Corey Gaynor has been at center a couple of years. If you can get Navon Donaldson back, uh, Jared Williams is back, you know, that other guard, whether it's Scaife or Clark or whoever the case may be, let's get into this O line. Um, you know, Bird, I, I know you're a big O-line guy. Um, what, what's your take on the O-line? So what, since I'm a big guy, you think I'm a big O-line guy, man? Is that, is that what you're trying to say? Listen, just because you said it isn't what I was thinking. No, no, but, I mean, look, you know, clearly, I think two seasons ago now, our offensive line was just an absolute dumpster fire, man. The uh, UF game where we, you know, allowed you know, 72 sacks in that, uh, in that fourth quarter of <laughs> that game. Uh, you know, we've, we've came a long way since then, uh, you know, with, uh, with Zion, like we say, is, I mean, what a great story that kid is coming up from, you know, being a two-star recruit who came in here as a tackle at 240 pounds, grabs 50 pounds overnight and, uh, you know, had a, had an okay year, well, actually had a bad year his freshman year, had a, had a decent year last year, um, you know, and I think he's really just going to break out and take it to the next level this year. Um, you know, and then everybody's back, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what they can do. You know, really our entire offense, the only place that we're losing anybody is Brevin Jordan. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, Brevin wasn't even there the majority of the time last year. So all the coaches back, the majority of the playmakers in, uh, you know, plus a lot of good young talent, especially in that wide receiver room. Uh, just in Charleston Rambo. Um, future looks bright on the O, man. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I I would like to I would like to uh, come in with a shot of of cynicism here though, and that the wide receiver room like we did add Charleston Rambo we're coming back with a you know from a fantastic Mike Harley season, um, you know so so I think we're gonna be good with our wide receiver starters. Much past that we have nothing proven though, which which is a question mark to me. So I I'm a little hesitant. I'm not gonna label anything as an you know as an F minus just yet. Um, but I do, I do want to see some production from some of the rotational wide receivers um, before I'm willing to be confident there. And then when it comes to O-line, I mean, I, I, I didn't love what we did last year. So I, I know that we're returning everyone and, and that, you know, you can probably bank on a lot of guys getting better. I think Zion showed a lot, especially towards the end of the year. Uh, you know, Navon popped a few times in his limited playing time. Um, but for the most part, there was none of those those offensive linemen that made me really excited about the future when I watched them last year. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can get some traction. You know, like uh, I, I understand that last season we didn't have the kind of camps and off season and training that that we had, but that doesn't always equate to just because it was weird last year, it'll be better this year. Sometimes it doesn't happen. So I, I think I have a more tepid approach. And You're right. I'm not going to coronate any position groups because really those groups were bad last year, both groups, and we're returning everyone. So yeah. it doesn't have to get better. I will say this. Yeah, for sure, Jordan. And I will say this. I mean, when we talk about the wide receiver room and the offensive line room, the, the one word that sticks out to me the most is competition. We have guys, I mean, you're, you're almost 10 to 12 deep at pretty much both positions. You talk about the offensive line group in particular. I mean, this is going to be the year where we, we kind of 
thrive when we talk about coach justice, right. And, and how the development he's been doing with these guys and, and some of the recruiting he's done in our own backyard. And I think part of the problem with our offensive line last year was we were so bad the year before where we almost to, to a sense, especially uh, passing the eye test, like it, it still didn't uh, accumulate to what we wanted to see, but we were so bad the year prior that I think people don't realize that we did make a step forward. Um, and you also got to, put in an account that we didn't have a full off season, especially with big guys like the offensive line. I think the, the, the weight room and the training camp and the nutrition is something very big that plays a factor, especially in the offensive line. And when you got big guys like Navon Donaldson, Jalen Rivers, I mean, the, the, the uh, Zion Nelson, I mean, that one kid in particular, I mean, you talk about a kid, his freshman year, two-star guy, only other offer was Appalachian State. He was the worst offensive lineman on our football team by, by far. And this past year, he was the best offensive lineman on our football team. He was one of the only guys that you didn't hear from most. And uh, I'm excited about the O-line group. I think the, the, the wide receiver room in, in particular, you talk about Rambo and Harley, but I think the competition for, for the rest of the guys is going to be very good. And I think it, it's only a matter of time to one or two guys step up. You know, piggyback, piggybacking off of that, like there's a lot of a lot of people that we're not even talking about. Obviously, they probably have the you know five guys returning as as starters. Um, you did mention Jalen Rivers. You know, you got also got guys like Isaiah Walker who is waiting in the wings. You know, you have Big Baby that's coming in. Um, you know, you have Mike McLaughlin. You know, he's six seven, almost three hundred pounds now. Like that O line is building so much depth to where I feel like that's what we've been missing because yeah. we've been throwing guys out there just because we had nobody to play, right? So yeah. again, going back to Nelson, like as a freshman against Florida, I'm not saying that he didn't, you know, he didn't play the greatest, but like that's all you had at the point, right? So at least yeah. now you're starting to build depth. You know, you look at you know potentially the 22 class with some of the old linemen, like. There's a lot to be said about what's going on. And, again, I think it's all predicated on winning. And, unfortunately, and I'm going to say this with a heavy heart, that you logo, it doesn't hold the weight that it used to have. Like that, that brand, it just, it's not the same as it was back in the day, right? So now you literally have to compete, you know, year in and year out to try to land some of these top-notch kids. Um, but, again, I think if you continue to build and you continue to win – I think that Miami can get back to getting those, you know, upper echelon type kids. I, I agree with you, Co. And I want to touch on the point that you made about the, the depth that we're building. Um, just to clarify my point, I'm actually very excited about the offensive line group moving forward. I think we might be a year early, though. Last season, we ranked 97th in the country in sacks allowed. Um, you know, in, in and that's what a mobile quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and, and in the Clemson game, we gave up five sacks. Pittsburgh, we gave up four sacks. Virginia, we gave up five sacks. And Virginia Tech, we gave up six sacks. That was improvement from the previous year. Um, and, and like you said, we have a ton of young talent coming into that room. Um, but, you know, we saw what happens with a guy like Zion Nelson. Like, like not a lot of these kids are ready to contribute day one as an 18-year-old. So, I think it might be a year early to expect a good season from the O-line. Um, you know, we'll probably be better than 97th, but I'm not sure I'm ready to, to predict that we're going to crack the top 50 in O-line play. I, I think it could still be an area of concern. And, I mean, imagine if, like you said, Co. I mean, what if, what if we're playing with De'Eric King not at 100%, his mobility is kind of shaking off some rust, what's it going to look like? So. 
And I will say this. I mean, piggybacking off all of you, especially with the offensive line play, we, we can all agree that the offensive line as a whole wasn't as good as we'd like. It was probably about a C- minus compared to an F the year prior. Um, and I think it, when you look at the offense as a whole, not just the offensive line, we averaged close to 34 points a game. I mean, you're, you're going to want to sh- shoot for a little bit higher than that. If you if you score just one more touchdown every game, you're looking at a top 20 defense or top 20 offense in college football. Yeah. And I think that's what you want to shoot for every single year. And I think with the Rhett Lashley offense, the way he, he he's a, a down-the-field type of guy, I think it's going to really depend on the wide receivers for sure. And I think we're, we need more than one guy to step up. It can't just be Mike Harley. And I think that's the reason why you bring a guy like Charleston Rambo in. Just need him to catch the ball when it's thrown to him, man. <laughs> don't body catch it, man. Just there's a reason why you have two hands, right? The reason why you have two hands. Either go up and high point the ball. And again, one of the biggest things with the receivers that we've seen with we had last year was the lack of the 50-50 balls that we came down with. And it's more like 90 to 10. Like I don't think we ever really <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to call them 50-50 because they, they weren't 50-50. Yeah, balls. it wasn't even close. To, <laughs> I think I think <laughs> D Wiggins spent more time on his back than jumping for those balls. So can I go around the room and ask just real quick? We don't even have to give an explanation about it, but who do you guys think the impact offensive freshman is going to be out of everybody who we signed? For me, Elijah Arroyo. J-Man, what about you? Um, I don't know, man. That, that's kind of tough. I, I'll go with Brashard Smith. Okay. Go, who you got? It all depends, right? Because I don't, I don't see <sighs> – I mean, I think Arroyo is probably the most logical like name, only because again you lose Brevin, so you have Mallory, you have Hodges. Um, I don't see Brantley maybe getting his maybe getting burned. I think Arroyo kind of goes in and maybe is is tight end number two. Um, but I, huh? Memorelli. I don't see. I think Arroyo starts right over him as well. No, but I, I think I'm definitely like I'm kind of with with Jordan. Like I think Bashar Smith is going to be used, or even Jacoby George, right? Like, and I really like Romello Brinson, but I think he needs to put on like 15, 20 pounds. Um, but like someone like Bashar, Jacoby George, you use them in the return games and kind of in the slots and things like that. And I really think they can shine with their speed. Listen, I think I think the wide receivers, the three freshman wide receivers we brought in, could possibly be like as far as talent, the most talent we brought in in quite a long time with between the three guys. But I think there's so much competition room in that wide receiver room, specifically for potentially only one spot, to where I, it's going to be hard for a freshman at the wide receiver position to make that biggest impact. So in my opinion, it's really hard to go away from what Ryan said. I mean, uh, talking to Elijah Royo a couple months ago, this is a kid who who kind of symbolizes his game after a Jimmy Graham. And when you look at his body frame and you turn on the tape, he really does play like a Jimmy Graham. And with this Rhett Laxley offense, I can say that in, in this past off uh, last year that we saw specifically in the red zone, we really did lack a big body guy that could go up and high point the ball. The only guy we really had was Will Mallory. So when you potentially have a guy like Will Mallory spread out on one side and a guy like Elijah Rowe, who's 6'5", 6'6", who knows how to high point the ball, who is very aggressive. I mean, that is his strong suit. He likes to catch in big-time situations, and I think it's going to be a, a very key spot for him, especially in this passing game. Good to have a lot of options, right? There's a lot yeah. to that question. Yeah. So you brought, you brought up the offensive freshman impact. Let's go with the defensive impact freshman. 
I'm going to go James go ahead, Williams Blake. right out the gate. Oh, I, oh sorry. Okay. No, no, yeah. no. It's fine. Go ahead, Jamie. I just feel like, uh, you know, I, I'm not somebody who expects a lot out of true freshmen. I, I think that them contributing at a high level is more the exception as opposed to the rule. Um, but I just view James Williams as, as potentially um, a kid that's a generational type talent. And uh, I think we're going to see some things from him right out the gate that, that make us very excited for the future. I mean, he's a freak of nature, honestly. He's, he's just one of those guys that's like, it's almost like he was created in a laboratory, right? And so I think we're going to see some things that, uh, that just make everyone excited this year. But with that, I still think he needs to put on about 15, 20 pounds. Sure. He's, definitely, he's definitely thin. Yeah, that's so. the only reason I, that I won't pick him. I think he's going to be the biggest impact player. I think he's going to be a superstar here. But I do think he needs a, uh, you know, he needs a year in the weight program before we really see his, before we really see his true potential. You know, and even, um, you know, one of his coaches was on with us last week, and Earl Little, and Earl just said, you know, look, you know, for weight for him, he he kind of bounced around programs, uh, you know, his entire high school career, and you know, Heritage has got a great weight weight and strength program, but they told, you know, he said once he fills out, man, y'all watch out, right? But to answer your question on the on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I I really just have a feeling on Cam Kitchens, um, you know. He is filled out. I mean, we've met, you know, we've seen him in, in person at the games before. And I mean, he's already, you know, college body. I mean, he's a thick kid. Um, you know, I think he's got a great nose for the ball. Um, so I really, I mean, if, if you ask me who I think makes the biggest impact on defense, it's Cam. Yeah. For, in, in my opinion, I mean, I, I like Cam Kitchens as well. But when you look at the safety room, there's, there's so many guys that are going to be competing. You look at a guy like Brian Balaam. Um, yep. And a few other guys that have already kind of implemented to be that second, third guy be- which behind a Bolden or Gervin Hall. But in my opinion, man, hiring, a, hiring Jess Simpson back, I think the defensive end uh, position is going to be kind of wide open where it's going to be a player by committee. And Jess Simpson being from Georgia and a guy like Thomas Davis, who's also from Georgia, I think he's going to be an impact guy as a freshman. He's going to get some burn. I think the aggressiveness and the way he plays. And, I mean, I mean, if you turn on the tape, not only what he does on the field, the way he carries himself off the field, like in interviews and the way he talks, he brings that Ray Lewis type of demeanor, man. And he's very aggressive. And I think when you look at a coach like Jess Simpson, he gets the most out of players. And, and Thomas Davis, one thing he doesn't lack is heart. And I think he's going to bring all that to the table. So I'm looking more for the interior lineman. Like, again, you bring in somebody as the likes of Leonard Taylor with all this hype, like – Again, you can debate James Williams. You can debate Leonard Taylor being the best in the state. But when you're the th- graded as a third overall player in the country, like you better come in from day one, proving you're you know ready to prove yourself, you know right off rip, and you know make an impact. And I can see him as a freshman, you know, making making plays. So that's my take. All right. Well, yeah, we are we are pushing towards a break, unfortunately. So we'll be back. It was a fun first hour. I feel like the second one's going to be even better. Co, uh, what are what are you thinking for lunch, man? Are you going to try to pop out and grab some of that Subway uh, five dollar foot long real quick? Negative. La Spada subs. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we we will be back in just a few moments. You are listening to Kane Gang Radio here on Sirius XM Channel One Four Five Slam Radio. We'll be back in just a few moments. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. 
This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTechStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yeah, yeah, here we are, back for that second hour of the Kang Gang Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145, Slam Radio. Been a good first hour, looking forward to the second hour. Once we get out of here, it's prime time, it's weekend time, it's Super Bowl weekend. There's a lot to talk about. You know, we were going through the offense, the defense. I'm already locked in with the special teams. Don't even really need to get into that unless you guys wanted to talk about that uh, that number 30 who's going to be kicking for us, if you want to our touch guy. on that real quick. You know, our guy, you know, not Jose Borgales. It would be Andy Borgales. Um, but, you know, in all honesty, I don't even necessarily think he gets the field. Um, as a starter his freshman year, I think Camden Price. You know, but listen, who knows, right? I think he could potentially, you know, get the starting spot. Um, but there's definitely uh, – there's definitely opportunity there for him to make his way up. But I know we're solid as far as the punter. You know, who, Lou Henley coming back is uh, really going to be beneficial. I hope he wins the Ray Guy Award here in 2021. Um, yeah. I thought he deserved it last year, but uh, we'll see. So there's, you know, again, that's kind of like the, uh, the, the offense and defense and special teams. You know, one thing that I was kind of excited about is looking, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, J-Man and, and Bird, yeah is, you know, who are we excited to see? And we talked about, like, Brashard Smith and Jacoby George. Can we please, for the love of God, please get something in the return game? Like, that has really been missing at the University of Miami for years. You know what I want? No, go ahead, J-Man. No, you go ahead, man. I was going to say, all I want out of the return game is to not fumble the punts, right? I just want somebody who's going to reliably catch the ball and play it smart. 
What about what about a guy like Malik Curtis, man? I I think he would be dynamite. Burner, return, man. Yeah. So, and that's a good name to bring up too, right? Because I think it's a good thing to have when you have like all that speed. So Malik Curtis, Bashar yep. Smith, one of the fastest guys in the country. Yeah. Um, Jacoby George is elusive. You know, do you throw Jalen Knighton back there? You know, someone that we really even haven't talked about is Thad Franklin, and I think that he yeah. could potentially come in. You know, and again, get get a lot of burn, get a lot of PT. Um, again, you know, we have that whole four game, you know, you know, yeah. rule that why not let them play and see what they can do. And and again, play them against competition, not just when you're up seventy to nothing. But fact is, we probably will never be up seventy to nothing. But you know what I mean? Like, let them play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and with that, you know, the only knock that any of these recruiting services had, and the reason this kid wasn't ranked higher is his top end speed, right? But look, if you can bang in the first 10 yards, like you will absolutely see success as a, uh, as a running back. So I'm excited to see him get out there. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, our running back room is pretty crowded right now. Um, but I mean, I feel like all of the top schools, Ohio State is really good at getting their young guys playing time. Um, I mean, they had, they had Tate Martell start when they had, you know, multiple Heisman guys on the roster at QB. Um, so, you know, they were able to get Tate to start a full game and play a full game against Rutgers. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been kind of, I don't really understand why our staff doesn't do that much. Like the central Connecticut, that is a great time to have Tyler Van Dyke and Jake Garcia get some burn. And they should. I I completely agree. And I was definitely going to go that route. You know, you look at some of those games, look at the CCSU game and, there's no reason to even maybe throw a, a Dorit King out in that game. You know, that's the game where if you're going to burn, you know, some, some, some PT for your young guys. And, and again, if something happens, well, yeah. then you throw your starters in there, right? Like that's an opportunity to really get those young guys out on the field, get them some exposure, get them some, you know, some, some PT, um, the T, like the TVD, the Jake Garcia's, you know, again, the Thad Franklin's, the Borgalises, you know, the Bashard yeah. Smith's, the Romella Brenson's. Like, listen, let them play like that game because again say say king goes say king comes back from that injury and he's ready to go against alabama but say something happens per se in like the michigan state game at least if you have guys that have been there and are ready at least they have some experience moving forward um that's why i've I've always been a big proponent of letting your young guys play like you watch um do you guys remember a couple years ago when florida state was getting beat and oh that's always great but when florida (laughs) state was getting beat in alabama in a chick-fil-a bowl and i think it was like 24 to three with like three minutes to go. And they still had uh, DeAndre Francois in there. And next thing you know, he blows his knee out and he's gone for the season. Right. Like at what, at what point, like you knew you weren't winning that game. So why are you even risking that opportunity by having the player like, you know, with his caliber out against Alabama, you know, again, I know players want to play, but if I'm a coaching standpoint, you got to be smart about it too. I couldn't agree more, man. I, I, 100% 100% think that Tyler Van Dyke should get the start against Central Connecticut and, uh, you know, like throw Jake Garcia in the second half. There's there's no way – I mean, we could run Thad Franklin 30 times in that game. We're still going to win, mm-hmm. you know, e- even with horrendous quarterback play. So let's get these young guys some burn. Let them get a little more used to, uh, you know, the college, the college grind. Absolutely. What game? What game besides the Alabama game? So listen, let's let's go through the schedule. Alabama, you know, opening up Saturday, September fourth, in Atlanta. Um, it's pretty much a home game for Alabama. You guys agree with that? 
Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, even though we're, we're, I think we'll travel pr pretty well, I just still think that's going to be a, a legitimate home game. I mean, Alabama, that's their second home in, in Atlanta with the SEC championship game, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, like I mentioned earlier in the show, I, I'm just hoping that game's competitive. You know, uh, to me, if you can – to me, and again, I'm not, I'm, I'm a homer, right? Like I, I always think with my heart, not with my head. If we keep that game within 14 points, I think that's, that's a good measuring stick, right? Um, again, you get through the Alabama game and then you start getting to your schedule. When you look at the schedule, Appalachian state, I chalked it up as a win, Michigan state, and they were brutal last year. I chalked that up as a win, you know, central Connecticut, that better be a win, but then you can't take it for granted. Cause remember again, <laughs> central Michigan a couple of years ago, like 17 to 12, right? Like hopefully we're, we're past that type, but yeah. central Connecticut chalked that up as a win. So right now you're sitting at three and one potentially if you lose that Alabama game and then you have Virginia coming into town. And again, Virginia is always one of those teams that gives us a hard time. You know, it doesn't matter where we play them, whether it be home or away. So Jay, man, talk to me about that Virginia game. What are you looking for? If you're sitting at three and one, um, what are you looking for in that Virginia game? So my biggest thing that, you know, I, I got a little bit nitpicky uh, last year with, with our performance against average teams. The main thing that I want to see us do this year, and, and this is the stick that I'm going to use to measure Manny, is I would like to see us to, like, very convincingly beat mediocre teams or below average teams. And I want to see it start with Virginia. I want to see us win by two touchdowns at least. I am. I got so tired of watching us play against a three-win team last year, and just fight tooth and nail. Need De'Aaron King to play clutch in the fourth quarter to to squeak out a win. Like, I have a hard time ranking us as a top twenty-five team when that's how we're playing against the bottom of the barrel Power Five teams. So that's the trend that I would love to see start with this Virginia game on September thirtieth. Is that you know, we, they, they come into town. I'd love to see us beat them by two or three touchdowns and keep that same energy. We should beat Georgia Tech and Florida State and Duke by multiple, multiple, multiple touchdowns. You know, that Thursday night game against Virginia, right? That's, I mean, that, that's going to be that night atmosphere. Like, I don't see Virginia having a chance in that game because, yeah. you know, we're going to be hyped, man. I know I'm going to be uh, holding it down in the third row in uh, Section 105, man, ready to ready to rip, man. And, you know, we're probably also – I mean, everybody loves the, the uniform thing, right? But, uh, you know, we're probably going to actually have those uh, those dark Miami parlay, parlays in there. So, You know, that's what I was thinking is, are you going to wear those again? I mean, obviously you have them, so I think you have to wear Whew. them. You can't just wear them one one time and then have that lasting impression of you getting just straight spanked, you know, wearing those uniforms. You, you mean like the ones we wore uh, in Dallas against LSU? <laughs> uh yeah i don't think we've ever wore those again either so the you recycled know, ocean ones oh <laughs> uh, bro yeah you know i'm excited about that virginia game because i i feel like if you're sitting at three and one you have an opportunity to make a statement to the yeah. acc coastal i think you have an opportunity to really kind of measure where you're at um because virginia's he they're in the upper echelon of the coastal you know yeah. whether it be carolina virginia um but the other good thing too is, and then you then you literally get 16 days off before you travel up to your nemesis the last couple of years, and that's North Carolina. And again, I don't see them being the same type of team as they were this past season, only because of the offensive weapons that I believe that they're losing or they have yeah. lost. You know, Carter Williams, New, uh, Newsom, and uh, who's the other guy? Brown. You know, I don't necessarily think that 
they're going to have that firepower. And, you know, hopefully we're, you know, we're five games into the season, six games into the season, and, you know, we're looking pretty sharp. But I agree, J-Man. I was tired of last year watching, like, let's look at Notre Dame just beat Pitt by, like, 45 points, 50 points, yeah. and yet we beat them by, like, 11. And you know, there's a team. QB, man. It, it wasn't yeah, just correct. Is their backup QB. Correct. And that's where I feel like you are absolutely correct when it comes to you need to set an example and you need to win convincingly, not just, oh, let me kick a field goal with three minutes in a game and then the defense, you know, makes a stand or, you know, again, you go back to, uh, I believe it was the NC State game. We got a pick at the end of the game, you know, to seal that game. You know, there's teams there that you should literally beat, you know, week in and week out convincingly. Again, you're the University of Miami and we have fallen so far from being the upper echelon of, yeah. you know, in the, in the conversation of the top 10 continually college football. Yeah. And just to, to piggyback on what you're saying, and then I have a, another point as well, is, is that you brought up a good point with our next team is North Carolina. Miami has been a momentum team. You know, we talked about the stumbling ball, the, like the, the losses that become stumbling blocks, right? And it turns into losing streaks it would be very, very nice to go into that North Carolina game riding a high. You know, if we just absolutely destroy Virginia and, you know, we get our top 15 ranking or whatever, top 10 ranking, whatever, and, uh, and we're, we're feeling ourselves going into that North Carolina game. It, it's very important to have that momentum. And then to touch on the last point of what you said, Co, is, uh, you know, I had the chance to interview Mike Farrell from uh, Rivals.com. He's the National Recruiting Director. And uh, I asked him if he thought Miami was a blue-chip program. And uh, he said, no, dude. That sucks. I mean, and, and but he's right, you know. Yeah. Um, you have to get back to those days where you were, you know, a – a luxury school to get an offer from like the likes of the University of Miami. Like right now, like, again, if you look at the top five teams continually, um, I'll even go to just the top four. It's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state. And I hate to say this, but even like Georgia sneaks in there. Like those yeah, are really Oklahoma. your Oklahoma. Yeah. So, I mean, that, those are your top five schools, I think yeah. year in and year out, you know, even though Oklahoma, you know, struggles from time to time, they always have, you know, great athletes, great quarterbacks. They got good coaching. Um, I'm actually excited to – this is kind of like swinging in the left field here to see how Steve Sarkeesian does leaving Alabama and then taking over at Texas. Because, again, Texas is another school that I feel like, again, it's a, it's a prominent school. They have a lot of alumni. Um, I love it when they're good. Just like USC, like you look at some of the teams that like were good and won national championships and they just completely fallen off the radar. So Miami is not the only one who's fallen off the radar. Bird, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, look, the, you know, the Blue Buds, man, you got to strike fear into your opponents right now. And uh, or right, and, and, and we do not strike fear into, into opponents right now. So we got to get back to that. And then when we do, uh, you know, then we can start being considered one of the Blue Bloods. But until then, man. Listen, <laughs> and I think I think the the pendulum is definitely shifting in the right direction. Again, looking at the recruiting class we just landed, looking at the coaches that we just got, and, and the one thing that I would like to say about the coaches, you know, whether it be the Shoops, the Jess Simpsons, the T. Robs, the Travis Williams, like 
the mentality I think on those guys are different than what we've had over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, would you guys agree or disagree with that statement? Agree. I agree as well. And do you I, think that's what we've been lacking? Do you think just that mentality from the coaches is like, again, I'm a big proponent of like, if you do something wrong, like you should get called, like not really called out, but like when you see someone like Nick Saban on the sideline and I hate to use him because again, he's our competition per se, yeah. but he sets the standard, right? Yeah. If you look at him and they're up 40 points and a guy makes a bonehead play and he's all up in their face and getting in, like getting in his business, like, isn't that what your coaches should be doing? He's yeah. still coaching when they're up 40. You know, we're not just standing there. I mean, have some type of, you know, enthusiasm or have some type of reaction when your kids do something wrong. Yeah, I, I 100% agree, man. And uh, I, I worry that it kind of starts at the top, um, you know, because Blake Baker was criticized for saying something to the effect of, like, ESPN should throw him a bone because of – you know, all the close games that the Hurricanes were saying, right? Um, but that attitude kind of starts from the top with Manny Diaz, right? Manny is the ultimate excuse maker. Um, you know, when, when we play a close game or we don't win as convincing as we should or when we lose. So I do worry about it there. Um, hopefully the position coaches can help change the culture. Um, but I'm not ready to – I don't know. I'm not – I. I, I'm not trying to say that all hope is lost with Manny Diaz, but I'm just trying to shoot it straight, right? And yeah. that Manny, his track record is that he's kind of an excuse maker, and yeah. uh, I don't like that. It, it hasn't been great, you know, and that's, that's the thing is results have, have not been great. But what I do feel is I feel the program moving in the right direction, right? I, I think all the things that we know we need to do to make it back to being a blue bud and back to the elites, you know, I feel those things happening. Um you know, I feel it's pointed in the right direction. Yeah. Well, uh, so it looks like we got to head to break. Um, but yeah, we, we got two more good segments coming up for you guys, as always. And then it's the weekend. It's the right? weekend. <laughs> it's the weekend. <laughs> Football weekend, man. So, yeah, King Gang Radio. Yeah, we're Sirius definitely going to get into that, though. Yep. Yeah. Channel, channel 145 Slam Radio. We'll catch you in a second. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man. Look, if they pick up two a nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll be fine with him. 
But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nega Manu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nega Manu Alapola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nega Manu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nega Manu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nega Manu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa. See, that sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to the Can Gang Show on Sirius XM Slam Radio, channel 145. You are back with the Can Gang. Oh, man. We got, what, two segments left? This has been a good good, good Friday so far, man. I'm, I'm pumped to kick off the weekend, Super Bowl weekend. You said you're pumped? Bro, <clears throat> like, I literally have to pump my stomach. Like, I literally just had, <laughs> like, nothing but Chinese food. I had honey garlic, <laughs> sweet and sour chicken. And chicken fried rice with no onions. I am good, like, completely stuffed. No, that man, dude, crazy. it's 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 crazy. What's yeah, up, guys? crazy. Mike, what's up, we man? All... We got a guest. Doing? We got a guest. <laughs> nice hat. Yeah, thanks, man. So, Mike, Mike, we just uh, we just popped you in, man. We're we're uh, we're live on air right now. So. Oh, how you guys doing, man? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> so everybody out there on uh, on the radio world, uh, we got a special guest joining us right now, uh, Mr. Mike McCoy from the Mike McCoy Show, also on Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. Yo, Mike, what's good, man? How's it going, man? I appreciate this. Um, everything's good, man. I can't complain. At the house, happy to talk some canes, man. Listen, man, that's, that's all we talk about. Well, let me rephrase that. That's mostly what we talk about. Sometimes... We get off we get off kilter a little bit. We kind of get off track, and uh, you know we found out Jordan listens to some weird weird music last week. I have no idea. Still don't remember what it was, but it's definitely out there. I'll send you um, a song. It'll, it'll scare your kids, but you'll like it. <laughs> That's the makings of a good talk show, man. When you get off kilter a little bit. That's the makings of a good of a good uh, of a good team. Yes. That's right. Hey, Look, so Mike, I'm, I'm wearing another uh, hot topic shirt right now for you oh, guys. Bro, you're I killing know me. The audience can't see it, but. Better off dead. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so, Mike, let me ask you a couple questions, man. And, again, appreciate you uh, taking some time here on Friday to uh, jump on the show with us. Um, obviously, you're a, uh, you know, another Slam Radio you know, host on the Mike McCoy Show. Um, tell, me, tell me a little bit about your show and how your show's going. Man, it's actually going pretty good, man. Um, I wanted to switch things up because when I was doing my hurricane warning uh, with WVUM uh, on campus – I mainly talked about intercollegiate sports and, you know, everything Hurricanes athletics. I would venture out into, you know, NBA every now and then, NFL here and there, but it was mainly intercollegiate sports. But then uh, when Larry asked me, hey, you know, you want this opportunity? I said, of course, I didn't want to put myself in a box. So I definitely 
Um, ask Jordan. He's been on. Definitely talk some hoops, uh, NFL, any, any uh, sports headlines. It's, you know, the latest and greatest. And then, of course, I got to keep it got to keep it 100 with the cane. So I, I definitely have a segment or two in there about hurricane football or whatever's going on in UM athletics, but yeah. it's all around pretty much sports talk show. And um, yesterday was today. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. Not yesterday, Wednesday. I uh, was in studio for the very first time because as you know, it's a recorded thing and remote, you send it in, but um, yeah, man, he, he, COVID, COVID sucks. And I had <laughs> since last March, because, you know, WVM was like, look, we can't risk it. We're going to have to, you know, send you guys do this thing re- remotely. And it's such a difference. I felt like I was in my element, in my arena, and it, it was just a completely different show, man. So, I mean, uh, long story short, it's going really good. Can't complain. And now we are shifting from Mondays to Wednesdays every week going live. So hopefully that's that awesome. Congrats, bro. That's awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Hey, I, I want to ask you one quick question real quick. Um, how does my Utah Jazz prediction look right now? Yeah, man. Uh, That's you know up, what, bro. I, I to answer your question. They're looking good. Obviously, yeah. they're looking. And so, um, it, I, I talked about this yesterday with Ian Hess, who called in. It's just, it's hard for me to get into this season because of you know the unpredictability and uh-huh. you know know what's going on. There's so many guys out here and there, and you know. It'll suck, let's say, worst-case scenario, a playoff series, a determining game, and LeBron is out, or B is out, or KD is out. And I was asking him his opinion. I said, well, what would you do? Let's say it's game seven of the finals, okay? Only two teams left, so you're really not messing with any of the schedules. I said, what do you do if if coaches are out, if there's six guys out, you know, whatever. At that point, (laughs) you you made your bed, you lay in it. You got to go play it. Yeah, you can't change the rules in the middle of the game. And that sucks. That in and of itself is getting me a little bit uh, – it's hard for me to get into the season. I'm trying, but it's, it's just hard, man. It's weird. Oh. It's just a season, and I know my Bulls are doing good. That's cool. Not good, but better than I thought. And um, as long as you're doing better than the Heat, I, I'm all right, man. <laughs> oh, man. You know, the Heat have been, have been just painful, you know. And I keep, you know, I keep watching, waiting for us to, you know, to turn the corner and everything. But – you know, seeing how we, we start out, you know, really well against the Wizards the other night. And then, you know, seeing the final score pop up and it was 103 to 100. And I'm like, we just lost to the Wizards? Like, yeah. it's bad. I, you know what? The other day I'm looking and I'm like, oh, they played the Knicks. That's an easy one. But then I'm forgetting, you know, the Knicks, that's, that's a completely different culture now because they're led by the former head coach of the Bulls, Thibodeau. And they yeah. – I was off because the Bulls lost to the Knicks. But I'm thinking, you know what? It's not the same old Knicks. They're not – you know, ten games over five hundred, but they're not going to lay down either. They're not like they're not like a bottom dweller, right? Right. Now. Well, Mike, let me ask you this. So, obviously, you know, you're in the ball, and like I'm really in the ball as well. Let's talk about the University of Miami's basketball team. Um, what's your take on 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 the men's basketball program right now? First thing, I, <laughs> and people are probably going to. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, we keep it real here on the Kang Gang Show. <laughs> well, this, this guy sees no wrong in University of Miami coaches because you guys know how I defend Diaz. And I'm going to do that right here, right now, about Coach, uh, Coach Arrega because – Yeah, Coach L, because um, there's been – and not, not just this year. A lot of people want him gone because they say the, eight, uh, the game has passed him by, yada, yada, yada. 
I say it's very, very hard to fire a guy that's six and I think it's either six and seven or six and eight against Coach K. I mean, yeah. how do you do that? You know what I mean? So that's number one. But number two, for the second year in a row, they are snake bitten with being short staffed, whether it be injuries. You just you just had cross dismissed from the team, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I mean, you know, you had to do that for you can't lose control of the locker room. So I absolutely, I absolutely trust Coach L's decision to do whatever he had to do. But listen, you can't do anything about when you're playing short staffed. Um, it's going to catch up to you eventually. Yes, they beat Duke, but. Uh, while being short staffed, but that's not going to happen every day. I mean, you get right. more for some games than others. It's a disappointing season. This was supposed to be the year that, you know, with these recruits coming in and a lot of experience coming back, that they're supposed to break through, like maybe sniff 20 wins or something like that. Assuming, you know, with COVID, you play a whole schedule. It's not happening. But um, listen, man, there's, there's, there's more season to play. They're probably not going to make the tournament. And again, we don't know what's going to happen between here and March, whatever, however transpires. But um, I love Coach L, and I'm here to to ride the reels, to, to ride the wheels until they fall off with that guy. It just sucks that Miami is snake bit, snake bitten with all this bad luck. That's what it is, man. We know Coach L can coach, and if he had this full complement of players, this is an awesome lineup. This is an awesome roster. It's probably a top five roster in the in the ACC when healthy. Yep. Yeah, I, 100%. And so when you look at the University of Miami and as far as like the injuries and like how they're doing the season, but you look across the country, right? You look at parental powers. Look at Duke. Duke is not doing well. I think they have like an 18% chance right now to even make the, the tournament. North Carolina is just completely out of it. Kentucky is completely – it's, you know, it's not just University of Miami. It's some of the national powers that are year in and year out perennial powers. They're not having a great season as well. Um so when, when you think about just Miami, and I completely agree with you, I feel like the last two, three years, Miami's always have a problem with injuries. And they've never had anybody just to, you know, continue to step up and step up and step up. And I feel like Coach L is doing the best that he can. And I relate this to the University of Miami football team as well. Like, you can only work with what you have, right? So when you have down guys, you have to play with who you have. Maybe those guys that are hurt are better than the guys that you have on the bench. But what are you supposed to do? You got to play with what you have. You got to go out there you got to perform and hopefully somebody steps up take takes the reins and you know and shows up and shows out i'm looking at the top 25 okay and gonzaga's been around for a while baylor's been around for a while villanova just won a natty a couple years ago you know houston back in the day in the 80s you know they were were a big deal but you got teams like alabama ranked 10th tennessee has never really been a great basketball program they just started you know, te- Texas Tech, UVA, there's Creighton, uh, it's just, who else? Uh, Purdue, Drake, this just, like you said, all the perennial powers, they're not even listed. Like, it, it, it just... I just um, hate the one team that's ranked in the top 20 up there in Trailer Hassie that continually is to get burned. Like, I just, I hate that team. I, I just wish something would happen. But, <laughs> unfortunately... Team. <laughs> yeah, they, they really are, man. And they have been for the last couple of years. They've been getting better and better. And again, you know, Coach Hamilton is doing a good job up there. I still got to respect Hamilton for, you know, again, he's an alum, not an alumni, he's a former coach here. So I got to give him props, man. You know, right. I always root for coaches that, you know, coached here. Exactly. 100%. So, so Mike, we want to do a, a quick little, like, we, we do rapid fire with our guest. Are you okay if we do some rapid fire questions to you? Sounds like fun, man. <laughs> well, maybe it will be. <laughs> we don't. So basically, we already have some questions written down. We're going to ask you questions, and you, you know, again, just give us your answers, and then uh, we'll let it rip. So, uh, are you ready? Let's do it. Ed Reed or Sean Taylor? 
Ooh. Uh, Start out with the tough one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. And we're talking UM career only? Correct. Holy cow, man. I'm going to go. I'm going to. Can I, can I save it to the last? <laughs> sure. Pass. <laughs> um, all right. Oreos or Chips Ahoy? Oh, Oreos. Double stuff. Really? You like the double stuff? I just think all it's day, baby. All yeah, day. I like the golden Oreos, man. I'm all about the golden Oreos. Dunk them in some milk. All right. So, uh, LeBron or Jordan? Oh, you want to answer this for me, uh, Mr. Nelson? It's Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, you're a Bulls I, I know that Mike is a big LeBron guy. We he's talk about it all the time. Yeah, right. He's a Bulls fan. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Me and Mike have battled on uh, on podcasts and radio and every other. Oh, game I, game. I will. I will debate anybody any day between Jordan and LeBron. Oh, one hundred percent. So, so Mike. So let me let me. Okay. So we know that's Jordan. So here's a here's a flip question to that one. Okay. Jordans or LeBrons, as far as shoes. Now, okay, I, I know this. Uh, <laughs> when we, in terms of playing in LeBron's, one hundred percent. I play in LeBron's before I play in Jordans. Now, if we're talking about fashion, not mind you, LeBron's are some bad looking shoes. I got a couple that I love. Yeah. But I gotta, I, I gotta go with the Jays for the fashion and to play on the court. I'm going LeBron's. Dude, the LeBron Ten is the greatest shoe that has ever touched my feet. The one that that's I have that 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 shock looking one, the one that looks like the color of a tennis ball. I love yep. that one. Yep. All right, so I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have never put on a pair of LeBrons. I am that much loyal to MJ. <laughs> I will never put a pair of LeBrons on. <laughs> it, was, it was hard for me, but I did it because I, I got the shoe on sale. Number one, yep. it was a last pair. Number two, I'm like, you know what? They're nice. They're nice. And, um, you know, I, I play in them, and they're, they're great shoes to play in, man. Yeah. I, I, I can't give them that. But fashion-wise, Jay. All right. Um, wings or pizza? Pizza. Without a doubt, pizza? Seriously? I've, 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 listen, I'm a Ninja Turtle at heart, man. I love okay. <laughs> okay. Dude, that's wrong with that. That's tough for me, man, because, like, pizza, I think I could eat pizza every day. But I also yes. love chicken wings, man. Oh, it, it, look, I'm not dismissing it because I love chicken wings. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, watching a game, you know, or have a couple mm -hmm. of beers or whatever. But if you're going to ask me, hey, Mike, what do you want? Pizza. Uh, for I'm breakfast, like, lunch, and dinner. Pizza. I feel you. All right. <laughs> All right. There's no wrong with that. So, PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Okay. Madden or NCAA football? NC2A. You want to know the last time I played a Madden? <laughs> oh, God, I can't even tell. That's how much I love the NCAA. Yeah, that's how much I love the NC two A franchise. I can't tell you the last Madden that I played. I don't, I don't even know. Wow. All right, so going back to Ed Reed or Sean Taylor. <laughs> I was hoping you forgot it because I forgot about it. Never. <laughs> God, oh man, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Ed. And the only reason why is because, and I know we 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 said because what they've done in their at, in their career here it was because he started on the national championship, greatest greatest team ever. And I know I'm nitpicking, but that's literally the only thing that I can do. If we're talking physical talent, it obviously goes to Sean. Okay, obviously goes to Sean. Highlight plays they're probably even equal because Sean has highlight plays of his own, and Ed has his. But yeah. I'm going to go with the guy that's, you know, an ambassador of the program. And not to say that Sean wouldn't have been, but uh, 
I'll go, and I probably am being a little bit biased mixing in what I know what they did in the pros, even though, Sean, we didn't get to see the full thing play out. Um, you know, Ed's a legend, man. Ed, Ed's yeah. a legend, and uh, I'm going to go with him. But that was tough. That, that wasn't a okay. fair question. So I'm going to flip this other question to you because um, we had about two minutes left before we got to go to break. Um, your top three Hurricanes of all time. Earl Little, because of the simple fact he's the main reason that I became a Miami Hurricane fan. Uh, Earl Little's number one. Far, you know, the drop off to number two is not even not even close. Um, secondly, I like Frank Gore a lot, man. And this has nothing to do because of the fact that he's a 49er. I'm a 49er fan. It has everything to do with the fact that I followed his high school career. I saw him play against my high school where he had like, I think like 500 yards in the game. Yeah, they thought, Coral Park, they thought they were up to something because at the end of the first quarter, he had minus eight yards. And then he finished with like four something. It was funny. Uh, I like Gore a lot. And third, hmm, I don't know, man. I don't know. I like Dorsey a lot. You know what? Andre Johnson. Love Andre Johnson. I, I, I like Dre a lot. Beast receiver. You know, you really couldn't even cover him. Fast, physical, and he'll rip off your helmet and, 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 and punch you. Ask Courtland Finnegan. So, uh, <laughs> love, man. I like, I like those three. All right. So, Mike, uh, we're going we're gonna to jump to break real quick. Uh, y'all are listening to Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Stay with us for just a few moments. We'll be right back. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, got the, you forgot that. Just the two of us. Oh, the two of us. We're building castles in the sky. Just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
And we're back, getting ready to wrap up this beautiful Friday. Last segment here on the Kang Gang Show. As always, give a shout-out to Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. Kang Gang Show doing big things, man. we got big things in store, uh, big things moving ahead, like, like in the next week's show. Um, but you know what? Before we get into next week's show or anything like that, we want to get into this weekend. It's Super Bowl weekend. It's Super Bowl Sunday. It's COVID Super Bowl. There's all kinds of things you want to like table it, call it, name it, whatever you want to do. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs. Bird, who do you like going into this weekend? Dude, you got to go with Pat Mahomes, man. I mean, at least at least I do, man. Pat Mahomes, Tariq Hill, that, that offense over there, Travis Kelsey, you know, uh, I just I don't think they can be stopped, man. I would I would disagree with you. Like <laughs> I'm actually looking at, at TB as far as trying to win a Super Bowl, being at home for the first time that's ever happened, a home team being in the Super Bowl. Um, this just says something about Tom Brady, and I'm just curious to see how he can pull this off. You know, you look at what happened in New England. Was it Brady? Was it Belichick? Well, obviously Brady left Belichick, and you see what Brady's done in, in Tampa Bay. How can you not root for the GOAT? Like, honestly, Kansas City won it last year. That's probably the only reason why I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Um, but I think Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has a squad, man. I think their defense is solid. I think their offense is really, really there. Um, but you do make a good point, man. The, the Kansas City offense is definitely deadly. What do you think, Mike? <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that, guys. Um I'm going Tampa Bay, and it's weird my my how I've followed this uh, season with Tampa Bay because I don't even think they're the best team in the NFC. Like honestly, but when they came together at the beginning of the season, everybody I felt they were kind of knee jerking, thinking Tampa Bay, oh Tampa Bay, you know whatever Gronk and you know whatever. And I thought that it was going to take a long time for the offense to come together, which it did. Gronk woke up in the middle of the season because he was like the best decoy in the NFL for the first like six weeks of the year. But the only reason I'm saying Tampa Bay is because <clears throat> if they get ahead, like Kansas City has been letting teams do, I don't think that Brady is going to let a lead go. That's the thing for me. Like, I, I just don't see Brady letting a lead go. Like, if these guys are up 10, like the Niners were last year in the fourth quarter, Kansas City's not going to win the game. And the same thing goes on the other end. If KC's up, I don't see Brady uh, out outscoring um, of Mahomes' offense, I just don't see it. But if Casey is down double digits, you know, early or in the fourth quarter in the second half, I, I don't think they're going to win. We'll never forget what Brady did to my Dirty Birds a couple years back, man. Up twenty-eight, Atlanta up twenty-eight-three, <laughs> man. They were on cruise control of the victory, and all of a sudden, here comes Tom Brady and James White, and you know that whole uh, that whole uh, juggernaut that was in New England. All I know is this: if Tampa, Tampa Bay's defense is, you know, kind of coming – not kind of coming around. They're, 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 they're there. Their running game is what's coming around. If the running game is working, don't do like San Francisco last year and abandon it. Because even Tyrone Matthau said last year, we don't know why they stopped running. Because Correct. If, they, if they didn't stop running the football, we, wouldn't, we weren't going to win that game. So if it's running – I mean, if it's working, you stick with it and they'll win the game. Well, and I think that with Fournette and with uh, Jones – you know, it's kind of like they both can really go off. And Tampa Bay's got a good offensive line. You know, and again, I think they stretched the field, you know, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, again, Gronk and uh, Scotty Miller, all those guys out there. And I think Brady just knows how to make things work. 
he's he's not shy to this. He's not new to this. You know, again, Mahomes did win it last year. Um, but I just think Brady has so much experience and so much like mental fortitude. Like he's gonna look at your defense. You don't think look, Brady's like a student of the game, right? As much as I hate him because he played for the Pats, and you know, I'm a Dolphin fan. Um, but you got to give the guy credit, you know, going from the AFC, going to the NFC. And I agree. I don't think that they're the best team in the NFC. I just think that they played the best in order to get to where they are. Um, I just, I actually think that Tampa Bay wins by 14. I see it. I can see that happening. I can see them winning by three. I can see them winning by 14. The crowd is not going to be that much of a deal because even though when I was looking in the stands for like the AFC championship, there's a lot of people there. We don't know how many people are going to be. Um, you know, there for, for the COVID bowl, COVID Super Bowl, whatever. But I don't think that's going to be overwhelmingly Tampa Bay. But um, I hope we see a good game. I hope we see yeah. something like that Atlanta Super Bowl or like that Seattle Super Bowl or even last year was a pretty good game. But yeah. I, I, I got to bring this up because it's funny. Two things. How about the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is not in the Super Bowl and Antonio <laughs> Brown and, and, and Le'Veon Bell are? That's <laughs> Dude, I was just getting ready to mention that, man. Like, that's crazy to me. Crazy, crazy, crazy to me that those guys are in there, so man. That's funny, man. It's just, and I forgot what the other point I was going to say. Don't even worry well, about how about this point? How, how about this point? How bad for the state of Florida is it when you have your national championship and your Super Bowl in the state of Florida the same year that you have COVID, and yet you literally lose millions and millions of dollars in tourist, you know, money? That's brutal. You know the NFL is going to bring their A game, though, man. I mean, even the, the weekend who's doing the halftime show, and don't don't hold me to this number, but I think uh, you know he saw the production and said this isn't up to the standards, and threw like five mil of his own money in uh, to up the production of the of the show. So I'm pretty anxious to see that and to Very see impressive. what uh, what's going to come out of there, man. Yeah. I want to see the commercials, man. That's the only time that I look forward to commercials. Hopefully they're they're good because the past couple of years they've been a high. They've been a high. They haven't been. Good. Yeah. But you were also crunk because your team was playing in there last yeah, year, though. Man, man. I'm still you know? stung over that. Like, I'm pissed off because the 49ers are on a two-Super Bowl losing streak. They don't – they're not supposed to lose Super Bowls. Up until they lost to the Ravens, they were 5-0. and And they had last year wrapped up, yep. man. Freaking uh, – thanks. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. You know you're my boy, man. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, and, and to, oh. to be honest, Mike, uh, you were down here last year when the game was in Miami, correct? Yeah, I actually worked the NFL honors, man. That was an awesome experience. Awesome experience. Yeah, wow. I was the I was a talent escort for Paul Tagliabue. Um, for Paul Tagliabue, and I forgot who else. Some guy that I don't even like in the seventies or something. But talk, I was talking to Paul Tagliabue for a long time. His wife, and he's he's older, man. Like <clears throat> you remember him growing up to, and uh, announcing these draft picks, and then you see him. It's like wow, it's a completely different. Like age hit him, you know what I mean? Like he's still well spoken and everything, but he everything has slowed down pretty much for sure. So who's your favorite San Francisco 49er? Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Frank Gore. Well, of Rice. all time, Rice is the reason, you know, I started liking them. Gore, you know, obviously, yeah. But it's it's Rice, it's Gore. I like Jimmy G, even though he pisses me off. I kind of like the, you know, the <laughs> the whole fact that he was with a porn star and everything. I think that's pretty cool. But uh <laughs> You don't like you don't like, like Bosa? Huh? What was that? You don't like Bosa? 
I like I do. I like Boza. I like him a lot. And you want to know what's funny? I didn't even want, I didn't want them to draft Boza, my friend who's a 49er fan, because I'm thinking get weapons for Jimmy G. He's like, Mike, this guy's like the best yeah. player in the draft. I'm like, man, can he score touchdowns? No. <laughs> and then and then you look at the year he had, I'm like, wow, like I gotta eat crow for sure. Yeah, he's cool. I've yeah. um I've always been Thomas Aquinas. Yes, yes, better than his brother. Yeah, hey, baby. But isn't oh, there a third yeah. one? Isn't there another one out there? Who knows? Who knows? Emily, dude, that's crazy. So, yeah, so Mike, too. I like Kit Norton a lot. So you're a you're a football fan, right? So you brought up something that was I thought was just very interesting. You you brought up the fact that you know when they were going to draft Bosa, you're like, can he you know can he score touchdowns? What did what did you feel about? There were some reports that Aaron Rodgers was absolutely not happy that they took Jordan Love and didn't go out and get him other weapons. Now, granted, like they have weapons on offense. I mean, if you take Devontae Adams, sure. you know, you have Aaron Jones. I mean, you have like MVS. Yeah, you have Scanling. Yeah, like what other weapons do you need? Like, is it just Aaron? Is it just Aaron Rodgers? Just like you know, like pitching a fit as always, or do they really need to go out there and get more weapons for for Aaron Rodgers? I talked about this a couple of times on my show throughout the year. And I'm thinking, because I was thinking like him, like get him, get him some weapons. And Green Bay must have known something that I guess only they knew all along. Cause I mean, look at the year that he had like an MVP worthy year. Uh, the guy had like 40 touchdowns, like not even 10 interceptions. So um, fine if you didn't want to get him weapons, but drafting a quarterback in the first round, a young quarterback, the guy clearly, look, Brady, just, just the other day, I saw an interview, not an interview, but I saw something mentioned on ESPN that said that he's considering playing after the age of 45 years old. Jeez. Okay. So who's to say that Aaron Rodgers, number one, is not thinking the same way. Number two, isn't capable of doing it. But number three, he's not showing any drop off. Why are you drafting a quarterback? Fine if you don't want to get him help. If you want to go defense, O-line, whatever. But a quarterback? That was just weird. That was that was like that. And maybe Philly did know something, but that was like Hurts getting drafted by the Eagles. I was like, what's right. the point? But maybe they knew something too. So again, I always say like we don't know anything <laughs> as fans. So Green Bay knew what they were working with, and you know they said let's get a quarterback. But I just wouldn't. And, and I'm not I'm not mad at the pick taking Jordan Love at Green Bay because again they did the same thing when Brett Favre was a quarterback. They took Aaron Rodgers. You know, right. sat there. Why not have somebody groom you? You know, if you're Jordan Love, what better situation is it for you to sit there for a couple of years, potentially under Aaron Rodgers, learn, watch, listen, and then finally take the helm? You're not putting no wear and tear on your body. You're not Tua. You're not Justin Herbert. You're not taking the beatings that you would be taking right now. And you're in a good system. So for Jordan Love, I think it's a win-win. For Aaron Rodgers, just to complain again, I just think it's just, you know, shows how classless I think he is sometimes. Here, here's here's my devil's advocate side of the story. Number one, Brett Favre was closer to the end of his career than Aaron was than Aaron is now. I think, if I'm not mistaken, because there was a couple of years there where Brett was like, "I'm retiring. I don't know." He was kind of playing with management with the Jets, with the Vikings, and with the uh, the Packers. But I, right. if correct me if I'm wrong, I think that he was a little closer to the end than Aaron is. So maybe that was a little bit more justified than, than Jordan Love being drafted, number one. Number two, yes, everything you said about Jordan Love is, you know, you're getting to learn from a Hall of Famer, you know, one of the best talents we've ever seen at the quarterback position, but how many years are you going to be behind him? You know what I mean? Like, Aaron has a long way to go. 
and you're going to waste Jordan Love's year, assuming he sticks around, because Aaron Rodgers waited, what, two, maybe three years behind Brett, I think, before he actually yeah. played? How long is yeah. Jordan Love going to play? Like, I don't know. Like, is it going to be more than that? Or I, I don't know. That's the only thing. It, you know, wasted years, maybe, um, you know behind, behind Rodgers. You know what's wild to me, man? I'm 38 years old, and I'm, I can remember the Green Bay Packers always having an elite quarterback between – you know, 15 years or probably, I think 12 years maybe on, on Aaron Rodgers and then probably another 15 on uh, Brett Favre. I mean, you know, when I first started watching sports, Brett Favre was a Packer quarterback, right? So, you know, it's just amazing to think that your franchise could have that long of a streak of having an elite guy slinging the ball for you. And then, I mean, like I said, I guess <clears throat> you can never, you, you always need that guy because if something goes like look at the look at the eagles when they won Wentz went down and you know their backup won it so Nick they Foles. think like that yeah Nick Foles so I don't know man I was confused by the pick I was like huh <laughs> and the first thing I thought was oh Aaron's gonna Aaron's not gonna like this he's gonna be pissed off but I mean there's two sides to it man there's two sides to it and as long as as a fan as you can see both sides then it's yeah. just you're, you're you just got to determine I guess after that so let's let's talk on this top. Let's touch on this topic real quick. Let's talk about the future draft here coming up. A uh, couple quarterbacks that have been coming up. Um, obviously, Urban Meyer goes to Jacksonville. Um, is it a sure thing, in your opinion, that Trevor Lawrence goes number one to Jacksonville, or do you see some type of different scenario? I do think that it's uh, home, like a for sure no brainer. Um, for the longest time. For the longest time, I said that Trevor Lawrence was the best quarterback in the nation. I, I'm not the only one. I'm just saying personally, that's how I felt. Um, seeing the past, like the last few games of the season, especially the uh, the first round of the playoffs when they beat Clemson, uh, where Justin Fields balled out, I was like, is there is the gap between one and two that big? And you made me question, but I think I was kind of knee-jerking. I still think that Trevor Lawrence is a can't miss. That's who I would draft. And I like Fields a lot. Any other year, Fields would be like the first quarterback taken, but Trevor Lawrence is that special. I mean, has a gun. He's accurate, long range, uh, uh, athletic, you know, doesn't always use his athleticism. I like about him too is he reminds me of Russell Wilson in the fact that when he scrambles, he scrambles to throw the ball. He doesn't really. Yeah, he's not just looking to run. Yeah. He's not, he's not Lamar Jackson. (laughs) I think. And then then Urban Meyer, you know, he knows a thing or two about the quarterback position. So it, potentially could be a match made in heaven. I just hope that um, it doesn't suck for him over at Jacksonville for them and getting pieces around him. And it takes a long time. I think somebody may sneak up and, and grab Zach Wilson and be a, be a surprise and maybe push fields down a little bit because Zach Wilson's getting just a ton of uh, a ton of traction right now. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think fields, you know, fields had some great games. I think in the, uh, you know, in the in the first playoff game, I think it was yeah. that he really, really, you know, lit it up and, and played elite. Yeah. You know, but uh, but I know that Wilson kid's been getting a lot of love too. So that could be the first like, oh my gosh, moment of the uh, of the draft. But you know, if I'm the Jets at two, right? Because I think you know, like you said, it's a foregone conclusion that uh, that Trevor's going number one. But if I'm the Jets at two, I'm rocking with uh, with Penny Sewell. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you both this really quick because I know we're getting close to the end. I've always been an advocate um, in any sport when you suck so much. Okay. And you have a high draft pick trade it for assets and more pieces. Cause move, one move guy, down. Move down. Change. 
Yeah, I would definitely like the Dolphins sitting at three, right? Like you got an opportunity to take Devontae Smith, um, Jamar Chase. Like there's guys out there, but man, why not trade trade like three and drop down to eight or nine and maybe get a couple other picks because the differential between three and eight really isn't that big, right? So, and there's so many other guys. I definitely would try to trade down a little bit. I mean, again, and I'm not knocking Devontae Smith, but he's six one hundred seventy five pounds. That's Mark Pope and a whole different mind, like in a whole different mindset. But you're still 6'1", 175 pounds. Um, so, I mean, again, I, I agree with you 100%. I think you can definitely move down, get some some more draft picks, and build with more yeah. people than just one guy. Yeah. Okay. I'm not the so, only one. Well, okay, so listen, real quick before we, uh, we end the, today's show, um, we're going to go predictions real quick. So, Mike, give me your prediction. Give me your score. Talk to me about the Super Bowl. Oh, man. Um I don't see – I'm going to go Tampa Bay just because I think they're – I think KC is going to be down, okay? I think they're going to be down, and I don't think uh, Brady is going to be giving up a lead. I'm going to go 34 to 31, New England New, – not New England, wow, New England. Uh, so, used to, so used to the Patriots being in there. Tampa I got Bay, okay. I got Kansas City – 35-28, again, too much Pat Mahomes, too much Ty- Tyreek Hill and, uh, and Travis Kelsey on that team. Well, I got the Bucks winning 31-17. Um, it's going to happen. Mark my words. Appreciate everybody tuning in for this two-hour segment here on Friday on the Kang Gang Show. Hope you guys have a blessed weekend. We'll catch you guys next week. As always, Kang Gang. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.